I was invited to participate in Podcast Row, an initiative partnering up-and-coming entrepreneurs and brands with top business and peak performance podcasters, that's me, for networking, podcast interviews, and content creation. And Leadership in the Environment guest, recent guest Jeremy Ryan Slate was also part of it. And also James Altucher not only participated, but he was one of the main planners. Running into him there is how he came to be a guest on this podcast a couple weeks ago. And we recorded at Stand Up New York, I guess a stand-up club where James Altucher, he's a co-owner, and actually he treated us to some of his stand-up. I'm sorry I didn't record that. Anyway, the next seven episodes bring the seven up-and-coming entrepreneurs, friends of James Altucher, and various people who were participating. Now, because we recorded back-to-back, the recordings had to be under 30 minutes, so I couldn't talk about the environment with each, but each is a leader. I hope that you can learn from each of them, and if they're in your field, work with them. Don't troubles normally mean a worse life? On the contrary, JV shares how his troubles led him to what I would call digging deep. In his case, to find out what he cares about, which is his family, in particular his son. He created what he calls Undying Optimism, which is his book's title. Like me, he comes from an engineering background and moved into leadership. Amid academic success, he faced troubles including jail and homelessness, but that led him to finding purpose and motivation to succeed. You'll hear how I'm blown away by his challenges. Too much to cover in a short conversation. I guess I should mention that after the call, he explained more of the legal situation that many fathers face. I wish I could explain it all, but I can't really explain much more than that. But he's one of the few podcast row guests where I got to speak about the environment. Though you'll hear from me the challenge I face in leading people to act, not just telling others what to do or figuring out starting movements, but actually they themselves acting. Regular listeners will enjoy the part just before we run out of time. So welcome to the Leadership in the Environment podcast. This is Joshua Spodek. JV, how are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. And so I wanted to start by you are, I'm going to say something both about, about both of us. Yes. Uh, you come from a, uh, an engineering background, a technical background, a science background. Yes. And then you got other advanced degrees, highly educated. Yes. And now you do leadership. Yes. And so that's, I, I'm that way. I, I came from physics and, and advanced degrees and I do leadership. And people constantly say to me, that's a huge leap. How, do you, how can it possibly go from such a one place to such another place? To me, it's totally obvious. Yeah. But to no one else. And I'm looking at you, and I look. It looks to me like it's also obvious to you <laughs> right. the connection. Yeah. And I'm curious if it's the same or different. Do you get that a lot? And if so, how yeah. do you answer? Yeah, no, it's a great question to start off with. Um, so, you know, I grew up in India, uh, southern India to to be precise. And uh, in our culture, if you don't uh, become a doctor, engineer, or a liar, you're a failure. Um, so I went to engineering school and I, I became an engineer and then I came here, I, I got a couple of masters, but I really didn't know exactly what I was really good with. And I went through so much adversity that people can read from my book, Undying Optimism, jumping uh-huh. a little bit. But when I went through the darkness, I had at least five, six adversaries hit me like a ton of bricks at the same time. So this is post-double masters. This is post-double masters, exactly. Okay. So it hit me like really hard. And I was in a place where, uh, you know, I was in jail. I was homeless. I was uh, bankrupt. Um, I, I, this is a lot. Yes, I didn't have a job, jobless. Yeah. <laughs> um, the only thing, a couple of things I had was my son, who happens to have autism, and my undying optimism. Uh-huh. Those are the only two things... I had, and then I started to ask all these questions, you know, what, what is the meaning of my life? 
why I'm living. You know, what's my purpose? Where Where are you when you're asking this? Uh, I was I was in jail, um, uh-huh. thinking about all this happened, and then um, as soon as I got out of my jail, um, nobody really wanted to talk to me. I thought some people, my friends, they left me alone. Uh, only found few people, good people came to my rescue. That moment when you don't have anything, when you feel like everything is against you, that's when everything started to make a pattern for me. I started to ask all the questions, and I realized, hmm, this is my meaning. My meaning is my son. My son doesn't have a voice. I need to be his voice. He's largely nonverbal, uh-huh. and I need to be his voice. I can't make my life meaningless. I need to make it meaning something that is making a difference for my son. It started from there. Can you be a little more concrete? So you're, yes. you're in jail in... Um, Massachusetts. Massachusetts. <laughs> right. And how long were you there for? Uh, it was four of us, but I tell you, I wanted to take my life that night, and I... It felt like four years, like more than four years, something like that. So it was really, really bad. It was four, how long was it? It was four hours. Four hours, okay. Yes. But it just it felt like forever. Forever. And then I was, I was taking, I, was, I wanted to take my life off that night. And um, there's a lot of questions I want to ask about. So you get out and you go back home? I didn't so have a home. You didn't have a home. So you go back to the street? I went to the street, uh, lived, in the, uh, lived in a couple of friends' houses sometimes. And sometimes I would... Um, uh, sneak back into my office after everybody leaves. Like so, you had a job. You're working. Yeah, I, I got a job, but then I lost the job later. But when I had that job, I would sneak back uh, after everybody left, and uh-huh. I will wake up like three o'clock in the morning, get ready, and I'll be in the desk by five o'clock. And people that I, you know, I've been working all day, but I never left. <laughs> um, so that's how I, yeah. Okay, so you're living a very difficult situation. Yes. Uh, despite having. Uh, a strong background, but it was a strong background and things that didn't resonate with you. Is that... yeah, well, the strong background is good. I mean, for me, uh, I'm constantly growing. Um, I mean, life is all about growth and change. Uh, to me, if you don't change, if you don't grow. So if you don't grow, uh, I feel you are dead. So for me, you have to constantly... So I, I was good at some things and I was doing a lot of great things with my engineering job. But after a while, I lost my passion. I, I felt like this is not my calling. And when these things happen, I started to ask some deep questions. What makes my life meaningful? How can I make a difference? And then I started to look at my son. And then he gave me some lot of meaning. Well, you started looking at your son literally or figuratively? I mean, is, if, you don't have a, if you don't have a place to live, yes. where's he? He was his mother. Okay. Uh, he would visit me. Uh, we would go out, walk around, but didn't have a place to sleep. But I'll drop him back at his mom's place again. Okay. Uh, but um, yeah, I mean, I literally spent more time with my son. I started to watch him, how he's behaving. He's largely nonverbal, like I said before. Uh-huh. And he cannot really communicate. So the, the, the more time I spend with him, you know what? He probably needs lifelong support. And this is my meaning. I need to do something for this, not only for him, but the whole special needs community. Mm-hmm. So I started building a nonprofit. Mm-hmm. So that's why I got into leadership. I finally answered your question, I guess. <laughs> but anyways, go ahead. So the, um, I'm, if you, you're, you're working, yeah. you're getting paid. Yeah. Is it a choice to be homeless or is it, a, was it um, out of non-choice? Uh, uh, it is a non-choice because I was paying child support and all my money was going to child support. Okay. And I didn't have a, and I was paying mortgage in a house where she was living. I couldn't go back because oh, I can't sounds live. Like a tough situation. Yes. So I was paying the mortgage, but I couldn't live in the house. She was living there, and I was paying the bills, but I couldn't live there. And I couldn't find a place because I, I only have so much money to play with, so I, I, I couldn't afford a home. So I was wow. homeless. 
And part of me wants to go into the details on that, but I'm going to leave that for now. There's everything you say, yes. every question I ask leads to more and more and more. I know. Uh, a very, which I'll euphemistically say you've led a rich, uh, com- in terms of complex, uh, like a wine, a fine wine life. Yes. And so, okay, so now I'm getting the picture. So yeah. you're, um, you're working because you're obligated to work. Yes. Because if you don't, then I'm, I'm presuming that maybe the jail had something to do with child support payments. Yes. And, Absolutely. Um, and so you're doing stuff you don't really like. Now, a lot of people would just say at this point, I just have to do this. Whether it's meaningful or not, I'm going to do it. But you said, I'm going to find the meaning. Yes. And the meaning was in your son. Yeah. And... Um, and then, so while you're working, making the money to pay the, the child support slash alimony, um, you start a nonprofit for people in situations like yours or people with the, for people like your son's situation? For pe- people-, pe- people like my son, people with special needs. You know, one in 68 children is diagnosed with autism mm-hmm. and it's predominantly affect boys, four times more than girls. Uh-huh. And my son is a, it's a boy. Um, so... Yeah, that, that I mean, it started. The, the meaning started with my son, and then it started to expand to the special needs community, and then then it started to the the, the Boston scene, and then Massachusetts. Now it's expand, expanding the U.S. and it's going globally. So we have you know kids with autism everywhere. Oh, the, uh, this expansion where you're describing the nonprofit. Yes. What's the name of the nonprofit? Uh, the nonprofit. We just filed a. a, a um, five one C, five one C, but we are not approached. I can't tell you that right now, but I will okay, okay. confirm that later. Yes. Uh, and what does what does it what do you bring that what do you bring? Uh, could you be more specific? Uh, for, through, through this nonprofit? Yeah. Yes, that's a great question. So, autistic children they need it's a spectrum thing, so it's not everybody's in the same place. Mm-hmm. Everybody's in different spectrum. For example, my son is largely nonverbal, but he's really good with math and science. Uh-huh. Okay, so the, the, the mission of this uh, nonprofit is to support uh, the special needs community with more emotional, medical, and social and educational support, and also funding for research to help uh, future uh, diagnosis and improvements in their health. Not only that, the most important thing we are trying to accomplish is finding jobs for these kids because there's a big discrimination out there for special needs. Uh, kids to be hired. Uh, my son is a kid now. He's going to become an adult. He probably need lifelong support, but he need to support himself and be a, a, a contributing member of the community. So he needs to support themselves and support the community he is part of. So he needs to have a job or profession that needs support. So ultimately, excuse me, we're going to find um, uh, jobs and career for these kids through our nonprofit. And I'm guessing that you're doing this partly to help yourself and partly to help others. How much of it is to improve your relationship with your son and how much is it to help parents in relations with their kids and yes no that's that's a great uh, question again it started with it's selfish i mean it started with uh-huh. my son i'm not gonna lie about that but then i realized well not only he's gonna benefit he's gonna benefit the other people in the special needs community also gonna benefit so i started talking to other parents they had also similar needs and then somebody has to do something about it so why not me so that's why i started it Sounds like leadership. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people, they, they think leadership is like getting promoted. And I think a much more of it. Oh, so what is it for you? Yeah, leadership, it's not a title. It's not a position. It's, it comes from within. 
it's 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 starting to think not just you but bigger than you who's next to you the community the people in your life friends in your life the family members um the the town you live in the the, the state you live in the country you live in the world you live in so you slowly expand so leadership is not about you it's about other people how you can impact people in a positive way that's what leadership is to me and now so the podcast is leadership in the environment so i'm going to talk about the environment okay what is the environment something that is important to you we haven't we haven't really touched on it is it something that is something you think about is it something that matters to you yes environment is definitely very important because at the end of the day you know you are you are average of five people you hang out with and the place you you live and the experience you gain and it's all part of the environment so it's very important so when you think about the environment what do you think about what makes it important to you what what and it is different this is one of my favorite parts of the podcast because everyone has a different answer right and a lot of people think oh it's supposed to you know greenpeace it says it should be this but it's really unique to everyone and what is it when you think about the environment what do you think about what what makes it meaningful um it is definitely you know like you said everybody has a different meaning to it but for for me personally it starts with you and then you you start to look at the environment immediately around you the people mm-hmm. in your life you look at your inner circle and then the next circle and the next circle and the next circle so you keep going and then if you if you feel like that the inner circle or the next circle is not serving your mission then you find the right circle so your vibe attracts your tribe right mm-hmm. so it's very important you be who you are the real you or the leadership qualities that you have be the person you are and you're going to attract the right people and then you're going to expel the people who don't belong to your vibe so that's fine because you don't need everybody you only need the right people mm-hmm. so that's how you do it i don't have to answer your question but that's what i'm you did answer my question although you're using a different meaning of the word environment that i was thinking of okay what's your tell so me something of the environment of the physical environment of the the air the, the air water sea and trees and things like that yes and um social environment is environment so you did yeah, answer the question uh, but uh, I, okay. i'm now i'm asking a new one even though it's the same yeah no that's great no i i, I now okay now i know what you're talking about okay good so i'll tell you something So I just recently got invited to be a partner in a VC firm in Boston uh-huh. um based on they read my book and my work and my nonprofit initiative that I'm doing. So this company is called ch4.com you can check it out. Yep. Uh-huh. And uh the company we are uh we want to invest in humanity and happiness. Uh-huh. And our mission is to save the human race from self-destruction with all the you know all the problems we have in the world we have food problem water problem um educational problem in different countries and the pollution the environment we live in um you know my son has autism there are many factors mm-hmm. part of the deal why he got autism there are, I, i'm doing a lot of research on that myself uh-huh. so the environment is very very important so we need to that's why i i joined this uh, become a partner for this vc firm to impact humanity the environment we live in in a positive way okay so you said it's important yes. and and that motivated you to do it yes. what makes it important it is very for, important for you you know not not in, not in any abstract sense yes. but for you what makes it important yeah no that's because you didn't have to work at right. ch4 right that's true i didn't have to but i have obviously i want the best for my son mm-hmm. and if i improve something in his life i will be more happy so it, it starts with 
my own selfish happiness that I see in my son's growth and his development. And if I make improvements to the environment he's part of, the, 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 the space that we live in, if that is clean, it's getting better, it's going to help his health and he's going to live a better life. So just make a little bit difference for my own son's life. So when you say make it better, yes. so presumably it's not as good as it could be. What, I mean, what's better, what's worse? What's, I'm trying to get a sense of what, um, where the values in the environment come from. Yeah, so for example, um, you know, we, we live in a world with a lot of pollution, right? Mm-hmm. So if you go to China and some places in India, Delhi, for example, you can't even breathe. And you walk with a white shirt, you come out, your shirt will be black. Uh-huh. I'm, I'm exaggerating, but it's completely like, you know, you get a lot of pollution. So imagine living in a place like that. You live in a toxic world. So if you can do something, either it's te- through technology or uh, doing some uh, government NGO projects, if you can improve the quality of the air, that's a huge thing for me because that's going to save a lot of people from uh, lung diseases or uh, any kind of air, air pollution-related diseases. I'm just giving an example. So things like that. So when you think about the environment, is yeah. like the air in New Delhi one of the things that comes to mind? Is that something that motivates you? Um, I, I am motivated by my son, but once... I got motivated by my son. I got motivated by other people. I got motivated by the things that I see, the things you see in news, things that you uh, have a conversation with. People write to me every day because they read my book. Uh-huh. So all these things, when I talk to somebody, people inspire me, motivate me. So at the end of the day, we are all human beings, not human doings. Mm-hmm. And so I get motivation from people, starting with my son. Your social world is by far more what you do and what you react to yeah. than the, the natural world outside. Right. It's still important, um, but it, and you connect. It brings you happiness. It, it, connect, it, it brings your son happiness. You're doing research on how possibly that the environment affects mm-hmm. um, people's health and, and psychology. Right. Uh, one thing I like to ask people yeah. is to think of something based on what the environment means to you. To think of something that you could do to act on that meaning that you're not already doing, but that has a measurable effect, and not telling other people to do, not, not right. having other people do things. Right. And uh, it doesn't have to be really big. It doesn't have to be fixing the world's problems. It's not about what Greenpeace says to do. It's right. about what it means to you. Right. Does anything have to mind? Most people, it takes a second to think of something. Yeah. Um, so what comes to me, my, my mind right, right now is... When I'm gone, uh, if I can leave something for my son, that's going to improve his lifestyle, the way he lives, then I'll be happy. That, that something comes to me right away. I mean, something that you could do um, as a result of this conversation, yes. but based on what you care about, what, what, what the environment means to you, yes. to do, to make a measurable effect yes. in the moment. Okay. Um, that's a great question. So I just told you before uh, that is one in 68 children is diagnosed with autism uh-huh. based on the nonprofit work that I do and the initiative that I'm doing for environment and other things. If that number is reduced, anything less than 68, I would be happy. I mean, okay, so what would you actually do? So uh, That you personally would do so that what you're... Yes. See, a lot of people, they're very quick to say, yeah. you know, we should pass a law, we should get governments to change, we should get everything but themselves, right? right. Leaders... One of the things about leadership to me is like leaders make things happen. That's right. And right now it's tempting to say, I'll get other people to do things. Right. But I'm talking about, yeah, that 
a result of you yourself. Yeah, no, uh, it, I, I, like, I agree with you. It starts with you and you, you create a movement. You create a movement that nobody wants to create a movement. So I'm creating something that not many people are willing to do it. Uh, oh, something that you're not already doing? Something new. Something and something that your behavior has a measurable effect. Yes. Okay. Great. So started persist so much. No, it's good that I, I'm. I'm glad you're drilling down because at the end of the day, it's about you and your podcast. So I'm willing to get there. So, um, so to answer your question, I am right now working on my second book. Uh-huh. So this book is directly coming from my readers of my first book. People re- who read Undying Optimism, they're writing to me every day. I'm getting an email, at least one email every day. Mm-hmm. So the, the, the 90% of the people that I get, the, the thing is like, uh, I really loved your book. Can you do something about people's happiness in the, in the workplace? Because 90% of the email that I get, they have a job or a career, but for some reason they're not happy. They're not fulfilled. They have something for paycheck, they're supporting themselves and supporting their family and paying bills, but it's not enough. They're not happy. So they don't know how to make a transition. They don't know how to make a switch. So my contribution right now is I'm writing a second book that's going to tell people how to either change their career for happiness or uh, go into entrepreneur, anything that they want to be doing, that's a full self-expression of of themselves. They they feel good about it while making money. And so that's what I'm working on right now. Okay. So it's... it's This is one of the big challenges. And I think we're not going to get into it because I think the time is going to run out. Yeah, there's only a couple minutes. Everyone's doing their thing. Yeah. And the environment is, you described New Delhi. Right. And what I try to do is to get people to look at their behavior, the individual. Yes. And to find something that they could do to act, not on what everyone says to them them to do, but for them to find something that they can do that will make a measurable difference on the natural world. And it's a big challenge because most people are busy with what they're doing. Right. The thing is, everyone doing what they're doing is creating New Delhi. Right. And so to get someone to feel like, yeah, ah, I, there's something that I could do myself. Yes. And then once they get it, yeah, then almost always they come back and they're like, you know, I've been meaning to do that for a long time. I've been meaning to, you know, uh, not use single-use plastic or, right. um, you know, take public transportation or walk instead yes. of taking, you know. And right. it's, it's, we're, we're, we've run out of time. So I apologize. That's where we are. No, I, 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 I just want to quickly say that, uh-huh. you know, I actually walk whenever I can. I, I actually don't drive as much. I actually eat um, a cook only uh, farm raised food. Uh-huh. Um, I don't eat out much. Uh, try to reduce my uh, plastic usage. Um, so I'm doing those things personally myself. Okay, so it sounds like you've been doing these things all along because you probably didn't do them originally. Right. And you do them now. Yes, I do. And so, I do a conscious decision. I made a conscious decision to do these things, yes. Cool. And, and I mean, I, that's, yeah, and I, was, I always look for like, I try to help people get to one more, mm-hmm. but based on not just, um, uh, well, just to see how it goes. Yeah. And we have to wrap up. <laughs> awesome. Uh, but JV, thank you very much. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure.